Hi, my name is Chloe on Hut Staff. You're listening to week one of the Falls Creek Podcast. The speaker for week one was Curtis Zachary, and we had 4,705 students in attendance. Enjoy. Man, it has been so much fun already to be here with you, worshiping alongside you, and I, like you, uh, am, am hopeful. I'm ready to see what God wants to say to us this week. My name is Curtis Zachary, I came here from Nashville, Tennessee, and I am excited to be with you guys this week. I've been praying for you. I know it's kind of a weird thing to say considering that we're just meeting together, but knowing that we'd be spending this time together, I've been praying for what God would have for us to share together as we open the word. The thing that I need you to know is that there is nothing different than you and I. We are together in this journey. We are both ready to hear from God this week. I am no different in that I am hungry to be fed by the food that comes from the Word of God, and I am hopeful that God will show us something this week. And the thing that I know is true about a time like this where we all come together from different places, different areas, different states even, is that we come with the same hope together during this time. I know that that seems kind of weird too because you're saying not only did we just meet but you don't know me, you can't really know what I came here for. But this is what I know to be true about us. Some of us have been to things like this before. You may have even been to this place before. You may have uh, had an opportunity to come and worship and sing songs in this room, to listen to teaching from the Bible, and maybe, just maybe, you're excited and you're expecting for God to do something because you would say that you are a follower of Jesus. You're someone who is ready to hear from his word and to know what that means for your life lived out on earth. Some of us come here with that hope, with that expectation. And I know that the thing you are coming full of hope in is that God would speak to you and that he would show you something. If you are here following Jesus, ready to learn from his ways, then you're saying, God, I need you to show me something. Then there's others of us who are here who maybe this is the first time that you've ever been to something like this. You might not know the words to these songs that we're singing together. Maybe you're kind of intimidated by being in a room this big with people who are all here ready to hear from the Bible. You might be saying, I'm interested in learning a little bit more about this Jesus stuff, but I don't really know exactly where I land on all of this. But here's the thing. You want the exact same thing as the other group. You're here saying, God, if you're real, I want you to show me something. So what's so beautiful about a room this big with people from all over the place coming together with the same hope, the same purpose, is that we all have the same exact desire. That God would show us something this week. That's our hope. And what we're looking for is the answer to a mystery. I love 
the theme of this week, that we would together be searching for the answer to the discovery at the center of a mystery that we are all exploring together. The theme verse for this week comes from Ephesians chapter 6. This is in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. And this guy named Paul wrote these words. And these words are so powerful because they summarize the whole ministry that this guy who is writing gave his life to be about while he was here on earth. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19, it says that he wants to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Now, a lot of us know what a mystery is. We may have watched a mystery show on television. You may have read mystery novels. We know what a mystery is. There's kind of clues that are getting dropped along the way. And the hope is at the end of the journey, whether it's on television or reading a book, is that we would discover the clarity of what the mystery was all about. And so some of us know what a mystery is. When we see the word mystery, it's not foreign to us. But this second word that we're talking about here might need a little bit of clarification. It says that he wants to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Now this word you may have heard if you've been around church at all. If you've uh, been in the Bible at all, you may have seen this word thrown out there, gospel. But what we are hoping to do this week is get some clarity, get some understanding, and really dig into the mystery of understanding this gospel. And I think that the most important question that we can start this whole week with, if we are going to dig into this mystery, is the question that is at the very center of the whole thing. The star of the show, the whole point of this gospel is the one named Jesus. And this is the question that we're going to jump into night one, right out of the gate, get to the heart of this thing. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? If we're going to want to answer this mystery, this is going to be the first place that we begin our journey. Because this whole thing starts and stops and is centered on Jesus. Jesus is the star of the show. And there's a set of verses in the book of Mark that are going to give us our roadmap tonight as we explore this question, who is Jesus? Now some of us have had conversations about this before. Maybe you're a part of a youth group and you learn and hear a lot about Jesus. Some of us, like we said, have never really spent a lot of time in church. You know that Jesus is an important figure, but you don't exactly know what that means as it pertains to your life here on earth. So what we want to do tonight is look at the Bible and see what Jesus himself is exploring about figuring out the answer to this question. What I mean by that is this. Jesus, when we jump into this story in Mark chapter 8, is with his followers. There were these men called the disciples who were walking with Jesus in his life. 
and Jesus had just gotten finished healing a blind man, right? He touched a blind man's eyes and made him see. The dude could see nothing, and now he could see everything. So coming off of this amazing, miraculous story, Jesus, walking with his followers, has a question for them. And the question is the same question that we are asking ourselves and each other tonight. Jesus starts out asking his followers this. Who do people say that I am? Jesus wants to know what the word on the street is about himself. See, here's the thing. Jesus has been preaching all these messages around the towns and the villages and the cities. And there's these rumors going around that there is one who is preaching and doing amazing things that just might be the one that way back in the day they were prophesying and telling stories about that he would come and rescue the world. So people are starting to get rumblings in their bellies because they're going, wait a minute, can it be true? That this would be the one that we've heard about our whole lives. So Jesus wants to know what is really going on when these people hear about these miracles and these teachings that he's bringing around the city and the villages. Now this is what is so beautiful about what we're about to read. This conversation happened thousands of years ago. Jesus asks his followers, who do people say that I am? What is so amazing about this conversation is that the answers to the question that his followers give are very similar to how many of us think about Jesus in 2019. This is what's really interesting. Even though this is thousands of years old, the way that they are describing people talking about Jesus is really how some of us have been led to believe or may even think ourselves about Jesus. But we want to get clarity about who he really is, right? So let's read the verse 27, and it says, Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And he told them, or they told him, John the Baptist, and others say, Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Now, on the first reading right there, I know, I'm not missing the point right here. Some of us heard those names, they thought, man, that's pretty cool that they listed off those names, but I don't have any idea who those people are. So that's cool that they answered this way, and I'm sure it's kind of important for some reason, but what are they even talking about? Why were the disciples sharing these particular answers with Jesus? Well, what I want you to know as we jump into this is that there is great significance to all three of the ways that people were thinking about Jesus. But the point we're trying to get to is what is the real truth about this Jesus. So let's just look at the first one. He says, who do people say that I am? And their first answer is John the Baptist. 
Some of you may have heard of John the Baptist before. It's very clear in his name what he does. He baptizes people, right? John the Baptist, we can at least put that together. Well, John the Baptist had a very clear role in this whole story. John the Baptist was the one who was the forerunner for Jesus. What that means is John the Baptist had the job of going out before Jesus shows up on the scene and beginning to tell the world about the coming Messiah. John the Baptist was out there talking about how there would be one who would come who would fix everything. There will be one who will come and he is so great I am not even worthy to tie his shoes. There's going to be one who will come who will change the way we think about everything. John the Baptist's job was to preach a message about a coming Jesus and that one day he would rescue everyone. What's so amazing about this is John the Baptist is so passionate. He is so clear and he is pointing to this message of Jesus in such a beautiful way that people started to follow John the Baptist as the one who was kind of like the star of the show. So John the Baptist is preaching about Jesus. He is telling people about Jesus. His whole job is to come and point everyone to the coming Jesus. He is just there to tell the story of the Messiah to come. But yet, people looked at John the Baptist like he was the one that should be celebrated. They looked at John the Baptist like he was the one who was the star. But John the Baptist was saying, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm only here to tell you about Jesus. Jesus comes. We follow Jesus, all of us together. But sometimes people were getting distracted because they thought, you talk so passionately. You talk so beautifully. I want to follow you as you follow Jesus. And John was saying, wait. Jesus is the one we need to follow. So that may feel like something that is far off, kind of distant in the past. John the Baptist had this specific role. His job was to come and to talk about Jesus. And even when Jesus comes and shows up on the scene, there are some who continue to follow John the Baptist even though Jesus is here. What I want to say to us, sometimes we get mixed up thinking about Jesus and we make him too small in our view. You see, sometimes it says back then people were saying that they thought Jesus was John the Baptist who came back again. They thought Jesus was just this guy who was here to tell about the, the one who was going to come. But see, John the Baptist's job was simply to talk about Jesus, to spread the message about Jesus. But people got confused and they started following John the Baptist instead of following Jesus. You know what happens sometimes to us in our humanity? Sometimes we get so caught up following people who talk about Jesus, we care more about the people who tell stories about Jesus, the singers who sing about Jesus, than the Jesus that they are singing about. What 
Jesus wants us to know is that they, though they have amazing and, and beautiful and wonderful talent, even though people can talk so eloquently and wonderfully, their job is to talk about Jesus. Jesus is not just one who came to talk about the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Then the next answer that they give is some people say that you are Elijah. Now, some of y'all might be like, okay, John the Baptist, I got that one. That was kind of in the New Testament a little bit. I messed around and read a little bit about John the Baptist. I saw what he had to do with this whole story. But Elijah, now you're kicking it old school, right? I don't know who Elijah is or what he has to do with this whole thing. Why is it important that Elijah is mentioned as one of the people that they think Jesus is? Well, Elijah in this day would be well known to any person who has been hearing the stories of the lineage of the people of God. The people of God know about Elijah because Elijah in the beginning of this story of the Bible has such a prominent place that Elijah is known as almost this uh, unbelievable otherworldly kind of figure like Elijah was known in these times as they told the stories to be one who lived on earth and then just disappeared into the ether like he just disappears right and so Elijah is told as this story uh, a generation upon generation upon generation as this one way back who had so much to do with what was going to come into the future but his significance Elijah's significance was rooted deeply in the way long ago past the reason Elijah was so important was because who he was back then so when they say, some of you think that, you, some of them think you're the second coming of Elijah, uh, that you come back again and you were significant then and now you're showing yourself now. They think, Jesus, that you're just a figure from the past. Your significance was way back then. Why is this important to us now? Well, some of us have fallen into the trap of believing that Jesus, though important, was only important as a storybook fable that happened thousands of years ago. Some of us believe that the significance of Jesus is only connected to what we know of him in history past. What we need to know is that Jesus didn't just come as a figure that was representing a big important story in the past. But Jesus is walking around on earth right now in this part of the story. Not as Elijah who made a reappearance, but as the God of the universe who came in human form. Jesus wasn't just significant back then. Jesus was alive right then and is living right now. And then the third one that they said about Jesus, the first one was John the Baptist. He didn't just come to uh, do amazing and beautiful works. He came just to tell the story about the coming Messiah. Then they thought he was Elijah. He didn't just come to do these amazing miracles. He came from the past and he was important back then. And then the third one, the third one is really interesting. I hear this one a lot when I have conversations with people. They say, 
they believe, Jesus, that you are just simply one of the prophets. You guys know what a prophet is? In the old days, right here in first century, the prophets were known as people who were sent by God to deliver a message on behalf of God. There were prophets in the Bible, we can read those stories in the Old Testament. There were these people who were delivered out by God to go tell people a specific thing. They were supposed to take a message that God himself gave, bring that message to the people and deliver it saying, thus said the Lord. So the prophet's job was to deliver a message on behalf of God. So what the people were thinking about Jesus, this one who's coming to do these miracles, this one who is healing and is saving, this one who is preaching about a kingdom that's not from this world, this one who said, if you come to me, you will live. They were saying about Jesus, he's just one of the prophets. He's just here to talk on behalf of God. Jesus is just important because all he's doing is delivering a message that God gave him to give to the people. Friends, this is a great mistake that we can make because Jesus didn't come to deliver a a message on behalf of God. Jesus came to deliver a message as God. (laughs) Jesus is God. And so what's so important about this question, who do people say that I am? Why was Jesus so interested in this? Well, it's the same reason that we're interested in 2019. Jesus wanted to know who it was that saw him for who he really was. What we're asking ourselves Right here in this room tonight as we start this week investigating a mystery. A mystery that feels so big that our minds can't contain it. A mystery that feels so wide that we can't get our arms around it. A mystery that feels like, man, I'm just a regular person. How can I understand this stuff in the Bible? I don't understand things from way back in the day. I don't really understand what all this church talk is about. This mystery feels so big. Can I really get to the bottom of it. Jesus wanted to make it so clear for every single one of the people who were walking with him. He wanted to make sure that they knew there was no mystery about who he was. He says, who do you say that I am? The people are saying this. They're saying that. But now Jesus turns the lens right to his followers, and it says that he asked them in verse 29, who do you say that I am? You know, this whole week that we're going to be together is centered around this very question right here. Because some of us have come here Believing that Jesus was just a good man who walked on earth and was the representation of the best way that a human can live. Some of us believe that Jesus was just a representative of what it could be like to live like a godly person. Some of us believe that Jesus was just here to do miracles to show the power of God. We believe, some of us, 
that Jesus was just here to deliver a message on behalf of God. When Jesus turns to his followers, when he turns to the people who had been spending time with him, the people who saw him at every vulnerable moment, the people who saw him do these miracles, the people who saw him preach these messages, the people who saw him day in and day out, he turns to his closest friends. And he says, I know what all the people say about me, but what do you say about me and you know what they answered Peter Peter answers and he makes the proclamation that Jesus wants us all to know at the bottom of our souls the very clear message that cuts through the mystery this right here gets rid of all the confusion this is who Jesus is he says who do you say that I am and Peter says, you are the Christ. Do you know what this is saying? Do you know what this means? You see, the people who were here during this time, in this day, when Jesus was around, were a part of a group of people who were oppressed by another group of people. This group of people, this people of God, were kind of held down in their lives. And their only hope would be that one day someone would come and would set them free. They were hoping that somebody would show up on the scene and it wouldn't be just somebody with fancy words. It wouldn't just be somebody who showed the force that they had. It wasn't somebody who just acted or looked like they were strong, but they were hoping that somebody would come and deliver them from the captivity, from the crushing weight of all of the stuff that was holding them down. They were hoping that someone would come and be the Christ the Messiah, the rescuer. And what Peter says in this moment is so important for us. Peter makes clear that Jesus is not just someone who came to talk about God. Jesus is not just someone who way back in the day had a historical prominence but is no longer here with us. Jesus didn't come and just speak on behalf of God. Jesus was the rescuer that they were waiting for. Now why does that matter to us right here, right now, in this room in 2019? Some of us know that even as we're talking about these things tonight, maybe some of these ideas have crept into our way of thinking about Jesus. Maybe some of us are even thinking right now, I think I might have had the idea of Jesus a little bit off. Or maybe I've made Jesus a little bit too small. Maybe Jesus is more than what I thought about him. But you know why this is so important? This is important because just like back then when there were people who were hoping that someone would come and rescue them and save them and deliver them from the weight of all that was holding them down, we are all here hoping for the same thing. Some of us came here this week knowing that we feel about ourselves that there is nothing good to offer the world. 
Some of us feel guilt and shame that we carry around like a backpack everywhere we go. Some of us feel lonely and afraid every single day of our lives. Some of us feel worthless and like we're nothing. Not only because we believe it, but because other people have told us this. Some of us have been hurt in ways that are so deep and so real that it feels like we would never get out from the weight of the pain. Some of us feel confused about life and all we're looking for is answers and it doesn't feel like there are answers anywhere to be found. Some of us come here and we're filled with sadness and hurt and every single day of our lives feels like a dark cloud is following us around. Some of us know what it feels like to have the weight of the world on our shoulders. Some of us walk into our homes and feel like every single day we walk through the door, it's like a darkness because of how hard it is in our lives. Some of us are walking through sickness. Some of us are walking through pain. Some of us are experiencing loss. Some of us are grieving those of us around us who have been experiencing pain and hurt and loss. And friends, what I'm telling you is every single thing that we are feeling in our lives, every real hurt, every real pain, every real question can be answered by the same Messiah who was the rescuer then, he is the rescuer now. Jesus is the Christ. He is the Christ. We're here this week to unpack a mystery. This mystery of the gospel. We're asking questions. What does this really mean for my life? How do I live this way? And I know, I know that some of the things that we're talking about feel so big in our minds and they're hard to get our arms around them. But what I'm telling you right now is even as we wrestle with this mystery of the gospel and we try to figure out what this looks like on a day-to-day basis, this is the thing that I want you to know for sure. There is no mystery. Who is the savior of the world? And it is Jesus. This is what's so beautiful about Jesus as the savior of the world. The watchers who walked alongside him said he is the Christ. When Jesus was on the cross, his enemies said he is the Christ. And Jesus himself in John 14, 6 says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus wants to get rid of all the mystery. You can ask questions. You can investigate things. He wants us to bring our full self to him. Did you know that God is not afraid of your hard questions? Did you know that God actually wants you to admit when you have anger and hurt in your heart, maybe even toward God? Yes. He wants all of you because God is not afraid of our anger and our pain. He wants us to confess to him that we are lost and that he is the only solution by which we might be found. Jesus. Jesus. 
is the Christ. He is the mystery solver. He is the one who is the very way through the fog. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 12. And it says that we should fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who made and finished our faith. Jesus. Only Jesus. This is something that I think is so important for us to grasp. Because a lot of us are saying, all right, I've been to this type of thing before. I know how this whole thing goes. We're going to keep talking about Jesus and we're going to keep reminding ourselves and you'll keep reminding us that Jesus is the only way. But I got to tell you, I tried this before and I'm not sure that it works. Can I just be honest with all of us? Because I know some of us have been down this road. You've been to a place where you've experienced maybe a connection to God and you're saying, I'm not really sure that it's stuck. What I'm trying to tell you is that for us to know this Jesus, this Christ, this Savior, it's not for us to just simply be near Jesus, but it's to connect to Jesus. I think about one of the most precious items to probably every single student who owns one. And I say student just to let some of the adults off the hook, but you probably come into this same group yourselves. But it is your cell phone, right? Some of y'all have a cell phone. And if somebody took your cell phone away and said you can't use your cell phone for longer than two weeks, you might nearly die, right? So some of us are so stuck to our cell phone, right? Now let me just imagine this. Imagine you had a cell phone and you were in the middle of the perfect Insta, right? You were about to snap away and you had the filter all lined up. You were about to take a picture and right before you do, your phone dies. Ah, right? And now... Everything is over. So immediately, what do you do? You run, you go grab the charger, you plug in the charger, and then you got the plug end. Imagine if you took the plug end and you walked over to an outlet and you said, all right, here's the phone. It's plugged into the phone. Here's the charger, the plug end, and I lay it down near an outlet. And I say, man, I hope that thing charges up quick. Y'all would never do that. There would be no question that that thing was plugged in the right way and you would triple check it before you walk away, right? Because you know that thing is not going to charge up unless it's connected to the source of life. Friends, we have spent too much time near Jesus, kind of close to Jesus. What he wants us to do this week is not just come around his ideas, not just look at him from afar, but he wants us to connect to him this week Plug into the source of life and know that he is the Christ. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you for what you've done. And I pray in the name of Jesus that this week will be a connection to you, the source of all life. You are not one who talks about God. You are not one who is only historically good. You are not one who is just delivering a message on behalf of God. You are God. 
thank you for answering that mystery. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening.